And welcome back for another episode of the Blackwatch Report. I'm your host, Thorn Rain. With me, as always, my co-host, Mr. Kyle Wynn. How are you doing this evening, sir? I'm doing 45 degrees better than I was last week. Uh, as you can see, I got a, a slightly different setup going. I, I'm really digging this, man. I got more leg space. I got more floor space. I don't feel as enclosed by all of my crap as I normally am. Um, exactly... I half broke a bookshelf. But other than that, we're good. That's exactly how I felt when I moved down to the basement. <laughs> like, it got out of the kitchen. I'm no longer cramped between a microwave and a kitchen table. It's so nice to have a lot of room. <laughs> um, but uh, anything cool in the last three days since we three days, yeah, <laughs> not really. I literally just watched some contenders and. Um, I have I have some exciting purchases coming through the the mail in the next couple of days, so I get to uh, I think it's tomorrow, and then the next day I get to put together a home uh, a home theater sound system, which should be nice. exciting. I'm going five point one. I got the speakers. I got a really good set. I got a receiver. I'm getting all that. I got wire. I'm gonna splice myself and all sorts of fun stuff. So that's gonna be exciting. I'm getting all the movies ready too. I'm gonna do like some you know watch john wick and blade runner and stuff like that watch a bunch of like cool movies so i'm excited and then we got last of us coming out on friday i got that pre-ordered preloaded ready to go it's gonna be it's gonna be such a good like couple of weeks coming up here i'm excited yeah what about you what's what's new with you i I jumped back into a little bit of diablo with uh the boy and a couple of the guys that he works with uh, pretty pumped the new season comes out this weekend so uh, i think sunday season 21 starts so we're gonna grind some seasonal characters and I'll probably throw that up on stream since we'll be starting from fresh no barbarian running me this time so uh but <laughs> other than that like you know just the same old same old you know work trying to watch this now i'm gonna throw this right here right now because we're about to get into three playoff matches that we're gonna cover I got to watch two. My plan was to watch NA today right before the show. But Contenders YouTube had a completely different plan. Uh, They made the video private because they are editing it and posting the individual VODs. So I haven't watched NA. And I'm going to have to go back and watch 100%. Because when we get into the news, we'll announce what's going on. But uh, Kyle, why don't you take us away with this first bit of news here brought to you by our Patreons over at patreon.com slash blackwatchreport. You can sign up there. It's a $2 level. Have a chance to sponsor the news. This week's sponsor is Mr. Thugly. Thank you so much. Kyle, take us away. So we have uh, a pretty interesting thing. Great. Like literally we talked about it last week. Like, oh, how great it would be to be more community showcases. Um Blizzard talked about how great that they thought they were for the community and they're working with people who are hosting them to try to make them even better. And literally, what do we get announced uh, a day or two ago? What was this? It was like June 15th, yesterday. uh, Third Impact announced the Overwatch Community Showcase powered by Third Impact and Natter OW, hosting an invite-only qualifier uh, 18th and 19th, and then the main event the 25th, 26th. So this weekend, or no, 18th, 19th, uh, Thursday, Friday, and then next Thursday, Friday, I think because they're not going to um, bleed over with Overwatch League, I think is what they're trying to do. Yeah. Um, and so they're doing 
Invite only qualifiers. I don't think we have any of the teams announced yet. No, but before they announced, they were like kind of teasing a bunch of tier three stuff. So, I mean, we're talking like we're going to get to see open division teams like playing in a structured tournament to kind of show us the the Mm. people that are going to be coming up. So it should be Mm -hmm. pretty cool to see. Yeah, I'm excited. Like these are literally things like we've said before. They just only do good. Yep. Um, and so it's just exciting to see, um, what what level of teams we're getting. I'm hoping we get um the opportunity for both some of the the trials teams that haven't been able to play in the playoffs get to play, as well as um, uh, maybe some of the the teams that are maybe restructured after they got knocked out in playoffs stuff like that i'd love to kind of see the collegiate teams yeah i'd love to see this as an opportunity for rosters to try or for teams to try out new rosters or like hey so after we didn't do super well the season of contenders we're like let's make a couple changes we'll try it out in this tournament see how well these you know these these prospects kind of uh perform and when it kind of matters but isn't contenders yep so the second bit of scene news here. We had a giveaway for the 100th episode. It ended last night. We didn't tweet nothing out because we wanted to do it live. So I've got our three winners here. We're going to start with third place, taking home the set of homestand uh, Overwatch League sprays, coming in with OW over on Twitter, winning with a... Uh, a website visit. Thank you, Jay Venom, for entering. I will get those co- that code over to you here shortly after the show is over. Second place, taking home the $25 Battle.net gift card. We've got Static OW. Thank you. That was a, uh, a follow over on Twitter. Really do appreciate that follow. Thank you, sir. And number one, taking home their choice of jersey. None other than the gentleman we talked to earlier in the pre-show, sitting in chat right now, Hazard Reno, getting to pick that jersey. So I'll be hitting you up on Twitter here after the show and uh, picking out which jersey that you want, and we'll get that sent over to you, sir. So congratulations on your jersey. Congratulations on the gift card and the sprays. Thank you guys so much for signing up and checking us out. We really do appreciate it. And it's a beautiful thing because... By supporting us with all of the the follows and stuff like that, you are supporting Tier 2 because we're giving note to these players. And also, by this contest, we are directly, through our Patreons, I suppose, uh, directly funding teams as well to help players and coaches and stuff like that. So these will go directly to one of the the four teams that you mentioned previously that have merch available. I was trying to Uh, find as many possible North American contenders teams that I could with jerseys. And unfortunately there was only four at the time. Uh, Revival triumph, noble and third impact. Third impact. Okay. That's good. At least the the kind of the bigger ones are in there, which is good to have. Awesome. So hopefully, hopefully we can get something in there. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and I, I think that I might be picking up one of these jerseys, too, because there's some pretty nice jerseys. Like, the Third yeah, Impact dude. and the uh, Triumph one. Both are really clean good. jerseys. Let's move this down into the roster news here. We only got one piece of roster news, and it's huge. So, due to the uh, 
very solid performance this player has had in the last couple of weeks. Um, and just being overall probably the most talked about player. The LA Gladiators sign Kevster. It's what a, a beautiful, time. beautiful thing to happen. We have been talking. He's like on our top four list of players from NA contenders that need to be picked up right away. Um, it was like, I think probably the most well-deserved one. I think the other three players on our list are really, really good, but like, he's just a little bit above the rest of these players. And it's in a position that I think can work really well for him. He's going to be likely playing alongside Birdring a lot. Um, we saw he could kind of fit in a double hit scan meta incredibly well, can also bring out the echo, um, can also bring out the far uh whatever needs uh whatever need be, like he can do that. And I think this is gonna be a a huge pickup because they've always had trouble in that second DPS spot yep. as the gladiator. So I I hope that um that Deathblow kind of takes takes my word for this one, that this is actually gonna be a huge thing and it's not just gonna be this is not going to be Jaru and Mir. Like Jaru and Mir were like, yeah, like Jaru's a pretty good Genji, but like no one plays Genji until this patch. And then Mir was like, he's pretty consistent, but kind of just in the background, kind of doing what he needs to do. But like this is a player that will, I think, actually take over the Overwatch League and have highlight level performances. Um, I think it'll be somewhat akin to kind of like the first week sparkle had where it's like okay yep. this guy's really really good and we're like yes yep. we've only been saying this for the last 365 days yeah. that this guy is incredible so <laughs> um i i think this is a huge pickup i think this is gonna level up this team i'm hoping that this is not the last thing we see i hope oni god goes to a team this guy has been incredible um Tao. i think Tayo deserves hugely. I, I retweeted a uh, uh, John Galt tweet yeah. just today. He was talking about how he thinks Tayo is super talented. I agree, dude. He's been looking incredible, as well as Decot. I'll be talking about basically all four of these players when we talk about our contenders finals. Could literally uh, pick and choose anyone from Third Impact or Doge right now, and yeah. really wouldn't be a horrible signing. No, absolutely not. Like, I mean, OG would probably be a horrible sign just because you wouldn't be able to play him for like a year yeah, and a half. Yeah. But I think he still a, deserves to get paid, dude. I don't. Care. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. a technicality. Um, yeah, but like, and we have heard in the past that Kevster has been offered and turned down substantial offers, according to the rumors. So for him taking this, this is also a contract that he is comfortable with. He got what yeah. he felt he deserved. This is not 50k at Boston. Yeah. This this, <laughs> this is, is this is not league minimum rebuild in Toronto. Like and your contract sorry. expires end of the season so you play for 3 weeks. Yeah. Whatever. This is this is a substantial contract and if anybody was going to deserve it, Kevster from yeah. his performance 100% deserves this. Absolutely. So now the meat of the show and a yep. big chunk that I don't even get to talk about because <laughs> Contenders YouTube screwed me. There's, today. A, there's a lovely burger of, of great content and you don't get any lettuce or tomato. No, nothing. I get nothing. It's horrible. 
So we're going to jump right down into the quick play. We're going to cover NA Contenders Finals, EU Contenders Finals, and then we're going to recap the Korea Finals because I'll tell you what, when I watched that, that was an that was a fun match, dude. match to watch. It was so good. Uh, look, we'll get into it. But Kyle, start us off with Contenders NA because I don't get to talk about this one. That's fair. Um, this is a... a pretty or no wait oh i was off on the wrong the wrong area there we go we're back to where i was gonna like start talking about okay so british hurricane right now um talking team doge versus third impact we kind of set the the primer last week of how these two teams matched up in past weeks and past um uh week finals and then earlier in these playoffs it's been kind of back and forth team doge knocked third impact down in the lower bracket Third Impact fight or fought their way back to get into the grand finals here, um, but in the end, Team Doge took this four-one pretty strongly. There was one match that was, or I think, two particular maps that were kind of close. Um, but for the most part, the, the hashtag stomped kind of works because there was some really strong performances here from Team Doge. Going through the maps real quick, they took a 2-1 on Nepal and a 2-0 on Temple of Anubis. There's a full hold there. Uh, third Impact did take Eichenwald 3-2. Havana was a closer match 4-3 in favor of Doge, and then closing it out to get their fourth win, Lijing Tower 2-0 for Doge. So because you don't really have any notes here, I'm kind of just going to go just, just and talk it. about everything <laughs> that, that I noticed in this matchup. Um, particular players to take note of here. We'll start on third impact because we don't have as much to say about them because they lost. And because they lost, they didn't do that great. And because they didn't do that great, the team didn't do the individual players didn't do that great. And so um the two players I'm gonna talk about are the two most um most talked about on this team specifically from us, but I think it should be from everyone else. Decod and Tayo. Decod absolutely puffs off on Nepal Sanctum. Um, he, I think, gave them the one uh, stage win there. He gets two separate 2K boops on the Wrecking Ball. And then also on the final fight gets a double mine kill as well. Um, and I think one of those 2K boops is in the fight before this final fight. So basically every major team fight he's able to get two kills by himself on the wrecking ball um had a, a bit slower of a week last week or during the earlier stages of the playoffs but now he is kind of really leveled up his play and is getting to do a bit more but again versus this team doge it's just they're not giving him too much to work with um so his his impact although seen and felt is limited tayo as well specifically with the off angles um, he's finding good value, specifically on Eichenwald third. I remember he got some huge uh, play, huge picks, and stuff like that as well. But I think there, like the fact that I was only able to really bring up one particular moment in which he popped off meant he was kind of otherwise stifled. Um, swapping to Team Doge, they, I think the on their attack first on Anubis. Um, a Fox goes around the right hand side to the high ground. They end up forcing the third impact defense into the little 
I think there's a mini health pack or a mega health pack. I think it's the mini in that little room to the left hand side of the point. And then he's just <coughs> slowly dying here. <laughs> I'm talking too much. Hold on one second. I know you usually get a little bit of breaks. <clears throat> okay. I just slowly saw my light flash between my eyes there for a quick second. <laughs> Anyways, um, a Fox takes the high ground, gets a ant matrix, and then just forces the team into the low ground room. They bully them off the point. It's just him by himself up there. He'll heal down, but then he'll drop the ant matrix, get so much damage in third impact kind of can't contest. And then they're able to roll that to the second point. And then on the defense, they were able to get a full hold, and then right before Decod rolls back on the Wrecking Ball, OG hits him with the, the whip shot, boops him out, and then gives them the full, full hold with no contested overtime, anything like that. Because those are when the fights get flipped, is when it gets overtime, people start panicking, it just turns into a diva, 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 lose you, lose you, lose you, when it's just absolute chaos and you can't like coordinate and plan ults because it's just continuous team fight. Um, OG didn't let that happen. He's like, all right, boom, you're off the point. We win. There you go. There's map two. We're up 2-0. Congratulations. Um, next map, Eichenwald. I mentioned Tayo has a little bit better of play there. Um, it does go 3-2, so it gets pretty close. I think they get held right before the map completion. It just they weren't able to, Team Doge weren't able to kind of fix and prevent the stall from coming out. Havana, dude, I love talking about this one. So I think it started out with the third impact attack. They get all the way through pretty close. They don't have a ton of time left over. And then I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, on on the defense. This is a note that I have on the defense. They do that thing again that they did on Hanamura last uh, last time we talked. And they just didn't contest quick enough. And then they won the fight after they failed to contest and then it's like well if you guys would have stayed on point maybe would have won the fight and pushed him back and maybe got a full hold um it happened again they gave third impact the first point for free and then end up winning the fight but then on their attack dude the one thing i'm gonna miss seeing now but i'm glad because this means that kevster got picked up and is now getting paid we get to see um, it in the overwatch is- league now <laughs> yes but not with Onigod, unfortunately. But like the Kevster Widow Onigod Ash double sniper quote unquote attack from this team is so good, dude. It was just they just roll forward like it wasn't a fluke last time we saw us because it was redone the exact same time, uh, exact same place this week. And I think they just rolled with so much time left over. Um, it's just super duper good. And then after that map came Lijing Tower. Um you have Onigod on the Junkrat on control center. They alternate fights him and Kevster, which is interesting. Like Onigod will get like two or three picks by himself, then a tire, finish it off, and then the next fight, okay, well no tires off cool you know, tires uh silver charging. So Kevster then just okay, well I'm gonna get a Death Blossom 3K as well. And then just trading out kills back and forth, a complete like double threat like this is definitively the best dps core i think we're seeing definitively in na maybe also compared to eu and maybe top two or three compared to korea as well 
was this Team Doge DPS line. They are so good. And it makes sense that Kepster got picked up. Rightfully so. Let's get Oni got a contract too, please. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, but that's what I have for these finals. We both predicted a Doge 4-0. Um, Eichenwald was the one map that Third Impact pulled out. Otherwise, we got at least the, the side correct, but um, not quite as accurate on the maps. So That moves and, us into... Or, go ahead. And I was going to say, and I get to watch it sometime this week when mm-hmm. Contenders finally uploads it back to the YouTube channel. Or maybe mid-July. Or mid, yeah, mid-July. I miss Twitch. Just saying. <laughs> so, uh, taking us into EU Contenders Finals. This was British Hurricane versus the Raspberry Racers. Uh, me and Kyle, we were split on this one. We had the same people winning. We just couldn't decide on the scoreline. I lost. We both picked British Hurricane. I thought the Hurricane were going to just you know stomp their way through also. But uh, Raspberry Racers pulled off a map, and it was actually a really, really good map for the raspberry racers like it was crazy how good so british hurricane win this 4-1 kyle start us off here so starting off on ilios this was a weird one man um positive note i think danid played the somber for british hurricane and had really good coordination on lighthouse yes it's light i always get mixed up because there's lighthouse and there's the one with the with the windmill, and they always look kind of similar because they're both large towers, and mm-hmm. it's always getting mixed up. Anyways, Danit on the Sombra, really good coordination between him and the rest of his team to hack targets, focus down targets, and then get the kills on them. Um, Raspberry couldn't really do too much there. Um, then on Ruins, there's just some weird shenanigans afoot between the Raspberry Racers and specifically Cloud and Senny. There was this weird fight where the, just the two of them went in by themselves and Molfig was sitting on point and killed both of them. And it's just some really weird, like, uh, what, what's, what, what do you guys do? Why are you by yourselves? You just died. Okay. Well, now the final fight's coming up. Like, wh- why? Was there a missed call there? Was there something that you thought was happening? But it's just, it, I don't know. It was a weird one, man. Um, Dude, this oh, this Temple of Anubis. This was the next map that we saw. It went two one. Um, British Hurricane were able to cap both points just fine. Um, and then on their defense, Raspberry Racers took the first point pretty clinically, I think. Yes. Uh, but then after that, Danid locks the Doom Fist, and they keep going into the left side room. If you're on the attacker's perspective, into the dark room where there's the that kind of steps up and all that. And dude, they just get absolutely bodied, fight and fight again um, by that Doomfist from Danid. And the the support line of British Hurricane were alternating their support ults um, and just assisting him more and more and more, giving him more, giving him a nano boost, and it gets like three picks. So then switching to. I think the rally and giving him more assistance as well to just kind of every single time. Um, they just can't do anything against it. And then when Raspberry Racers finally does kill him, it's after using three ultimates. I think they used like 
the Ant Matrix, a bongo, and a rally, and they got literally just him, and then they, the British Hurricane still won the fight. So there's and just some. I don't. I don't think Raspberry Racers even got one tick on that. On the. I don't think so. No, they got yeah. held specifically to less than a tick. Yeah. So. It was. It was a brutal point B. Yeah. And then King's Row, we got a full hold from British Hurricane. Um. Interesting note here. There was no May played at all in these first two maps, which is fascinating. And I don't think we saw it too much on Busan or Havana either. I don't think. Um, but like, that's a fascinating thing. I'm kind of curious about like why it is this way of like pretty much you, you see a May in almost every single map for NA also for Korea as well. Same thing. But in EU, they're like, eh, we'll use it for one point on one map. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. Um, and you have a note there as well. Um, yeah. Uh, when we did finally see May come in, Danid was on it on King's Row. And he was getting just huge value with his with his walls. They, they got the full hold. Um, great splitting the teams. Perfect blizzards. Again, not just to actually freeze anyone but throwing a blizzard and separating out people so they can't get uh line of sight of healing um so dan had just had himself a whole whole match like everywhere you look i was writing down notes on dan and it was like i can't just talk about dan the whole time uh but <laughs> that's basically he had himself a game that's kind of worth it though yeah it, it was one of those and then he got the uh the winner's interview because obviously um so yeah like when we finally did see the may danid was playing it perfectly yeah and then on their defense uh resurrections get really separated and dismantled really quickly um i think watery who is i think their bat player or brig player or something like that Gets caught in heaven in the back. Um, gets walled off by Danid. Gets the early pick. And then they're kind of just, okay, well, you're 5v6 on defense. And you already got first held. Like, this this map is over. Um, it just was, like, it was a very sloppy rotation from them. Um, and then it's one of those, like, did they outskill them or outbrain them? I think British Hurricane just outbrained them. Mm-hmm. Um, just knew how to rotate. It was like that fight where the Houston Outlaws, I forget who it was against on Temple of Anubis, they like do this weird, awkward rotation and then catch out both supports, like two fights in a row. It was such a funny thing of like, they just out-rotated them and just knew how to move and navigate to just catch off people and then they're just done. Um, And then Wayfast is a player that like, I remember seeing his name up quite often i'm like where what has he been doing he's he's been pretty good on this team um he's one of the few players from israel that we see getting noted uh here not played on a ton of popular teams in the past hsl and anger titans for a little bit but those were not when those were good teams but when he's able to um play tracer he's he's pretty solid um i remember that was pretty good for them but then when he's on Havana on McCree. He goes on a flank. 
along the right-hand side, right before the last point on Havana. He gets spotted and then uses Deadeye when he's... I don't know if it was just to reload or whatever, but he uses Deadeye and then dies. After, like, he doesn't commit to the Deadeye. He was already around the corner back retreating after his failed flank. And it was just like a... um, uh, Okay, sure. That was a... (laughs) That's an ult you don't get to use anymore. Cool. Yeah, and their oh. their Havana attack was it like from start to finish, it was pure aggression. We always see the yeah. um the defense on Havana play right up at the doors. Like they try for the spawn camp, burn a little bit of time. They're able to break that f- fairly quick. It wasn't mm. super fast. But literally, once they had space, they were in the British Hurricanes' faces from that moment until literally right outside of three when uh, they finally were taken off of the point. Like, this was super clean. Raspberry Racers looked so good on Havana. And then it just kind of went back to looking mediocre. Havana was a yeah. very, very good map. And then they turned around and they full hold the British Hurricane on the defense. 100% yeah. Havana is the Raspberry Racers map for this round. And and the, part of that was due to Helv, who we kind of saw doing nothing. The whole first three maps. I didn't like he was doing fine. He was not feeding his utter brains out. But that was it. Finally comes Havana. They're on the defender's side now. They had a pretty good hold. He got some pretty good plays there. Um, But then, specifically on this defense, he really kind of showed that he was able to kind of do what he needed to do and had a bit of a better performance um, when he was able to play the Reinhardt. Wasn't stuck on the Orisa or had to play the ball. He's just kind of better at that. There's a thing about, I guess, EU players are like, they are like a duck to water when they're allowed to play Ryan, but otherwise it's like it's a little bit trickier yep. for everyone but Decot, I think. Yeah, he had a he had a couple really nice uh like 180 shatters. Mm, um, mm-hmm. really wasn't doing the over aggressive charges, like that this is this is where Helv kind of showed out and looked really good. And then like I said before. After this, everything kind of went back to British Hurricane just doing their thing. But that brings us up to a Korea Contenders Finals. We're doing the recap of the O2 Blast runaway match. And of the two that I got to watch, damn you contenders. This match was super fun to watch. Like, and... It wasn't just the match that was fun to watch. It was also the fact that Korea was getting to do theirs in a studio live. So the teams were sitting there playing. Like, there wasn't an audience or anything. So anytime a map finished, we got to see the player reactions. O2 was so happy all the way through. You got to see Flower, uh, Flowervin and Runner, uh, you know, come up and talk to the team. This is what I love about Korea Contenders. The production and all of the extra stuff that they get to do, super cool. You really get an idea for the players' personalities Mm -hmm. and, like, it just... They help, you know, market these players that 
I mean, heck, they, they don't even speak the same language as me, but like because of their in-game play and because of their out-of-game personalities, like I'm now connecting with these people because I can see, you know, the emotion on their face mm-hmm. of like how excited they are to win or when something not so great happens on Watchpoint Gibraltar, <laughs> how devastated they are. So, <laughs> yeah, there's some... Yeah. There's some things we, we need to get into here. I'm excited to talk yes. about this match. This was a real banger. So this matchup, O2 Blast beat Runaway 4-2, uh, to two, um, taking Oasis 2-1, losing Hollywood 5-4, Hanamura 1-0, Runaway just absolutely dominating Hol- uh, Hanamura. It was actually kind of bananas. And then Watchpoint Gibraltar. That's the that's that's the big oof right there. Uh, O2 take that 2-1. Lijang Tower 2-0 to O2 Blast. And then Kings Row going the distance into extra innings. O2 taking that 4-3. So, Kyle, start us off here. So, starting off on Oasis is my first note here. Kalios, who we know him to be, he was picked up for Boston Uprising Season 1, I believe. Uh, to be kind of the Zarya player. Zarya was not played a ton at that time, though, so he kind of got relegated to the bench, but we knew he always had this good Zarya. Um, and then when he went back to O2 Blast, now we are finally starting to see him be able to play that again on the more brawly, slow, not divey comps. And on Oasis Gardens, I believe is what the map is called, uh, pushes high ground with a graviton, hits both supports on, I think it was the final fight. I think one of them had ults up too, and they just knocked him out. Um, super duper clean play from him. Great mind on when to use this graviton. Um, he had, super excited to kind of see him perform as well as he has. He had a couple really nice gravitons too. There was yeah. one where uh, he, up on the high ground, he actually pulled both of the tanks up onto like the side of the ledge with a graviton, which separated uh all of the shield play from the rest of the team. Um Yeah, I think actually the final clean. fight he used a graviton on the tanks as well. So yep. it would just get two. And yep. it's just like you don't need to get the whole just team because the then you can support ult or whatever. Yep. You just get two. Okay, well you've of a now a a four V six fight, you're just gonna win that. Um and then oh dude, this is one of my favorite plays ever. Um You've got Pelican, who's got the Sombra, has EMP ready to go, uh, sends the Translocator up, Cheo immediately sees it, Boop stuns him out of it right when he had already cast it before the effect happens, which is a very narrow window to hit yeah. this. Like You can only really flashbang it or Brig stun it, and completely negated the EMP, and then Merit, who's on I think the Widowmaker killed him and then also killed um, Proper right after in like a very clean, like one, two punch. They were able to win this fight. It was super duper good. Yeah. But then Chayo had a little bit of issues. I'm not even going to say it was Chayo. I'm going to say it was the whole support line for Runaway. Yeah. Uh, Chayo and Revenge both only being able to pull off one ultimate on uh university for um oasis like they were having a rough time they were just early picks um not getting separated out from the team 
the the isolation on the support line for runaway was very very clear on this map and we saw one rally used and one amp matrix from start to end coming out of runaway which kind of really hindered their ability to uh really do anything on oasis for the uh the university uh portion yeah it you definitely kind of saw that on Gardens and University, they kind of just outplayed uh, Runaway, did O2 mm-hmm. Blast, and then finally, because of those big picks that I was able to mention um, on uh, City Center, that's how you got that 2-1. Um, moving on to Hollywood, you've got this weird fight, similar to when you had um, Cloud and Senny get stuck kind of on their own as a tank line, or not tank line, but um, DPS and tank, I think it was, you had Kalios and Yakpung get absolutely split up, and I think they get caught in the bottom of the cafe by themselves, but then they also get the picks, and I think they get three. It's a 2v3, and they won it. Meanwhile, the rest of their team was out on the other side of the I guess that the kind of the back street little area going around to the back of the point. And it was able to just kind of swing that fight and get the payload rolling after a, a I think a couple of big stalls happening. Um, and then on the opposite side for runaway assassin on the echo was really doing his assassin thing and yes. getting big sticky picks um, on Hollywood as well. So there was some, some pretty big plays from both sides there. Um, hence why it was, a much closer map than these other ones have been. There was really good play on both sides. You saw it was very push pull. Mm-hmm. They they had gotten you know one they they run away will lose a fight, win a fight, lose a fight, win a fight. It's very back and forth. We saw um, that this whole this whole series between these. Yeah, two. definitely. But continue. But like, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say like it, it seemed like there was not really a clear player who just absolutely popped off like every single person on this team did on both teams actually kind of did their roles at different times it was a much more evenly distributed um map for both teams oh yeah and uh, uh, continuing on with assassin um assassin is basically the reason why runaway was able to stop o2 uh on hollywood just after the uh the doors after you secure the payload um, right there in front of that first saloon. Assassins on the Echo uh, builds up the uh, duplicate. Uh, duplicates, uh, who was it that was playing the May? Well, duplicates May and drops down. Builds, really Pelican. Builds the, the Blizzard in like six or seven seconds and drops it right on the point again getting the separation and at that point the remaining members of uh runaway are able to start picking off o2 members one by one and just forcing them off of the point and stopping it right there which gave them that win condition of literally two seconds past the door so um assassin was just playing out of his mind on uh the echo on hollywood and then I legit have, I don't know whether I got Men in Black flashy thingied. I don't remember Hanamura at all. Yes, it was a very quick map, so maybe it just was like so so quick and clinical that I just didn't remember. 
I watched this literally less than two hours ago, and I don't remember Hanamura, dude. Hana- it was that fast. I have no notes here, because there's literally nothing to write other than Runaway literally locked down the defense, didn't allow them to do anything, and then slow played their attack, and they they kind of were... They were separating. They would send, like, uh, Assassin and one of the tanks off to the, the high ground on the right, and then the rest of the team would kind of pinch through the, uh, or I'm sorry, the left, and then the rest of the team would pinch through th- to the right, and then they would just attack from both oh, yeah, they'd sides. Get stuck in there, right? I, I do remember that. Okay, yeah, yeah. There was some just, Maywalls, there was some shields, there was some bobs thrown in there. It was just a, and, a death and once, room. And once they started coming in from both angles, it was like O2 Blast had no clue who to fight, and they just started falling instantly as soon as they did that so that was another one where runaway literally played everything that they could the defense was perfect i don't even think they got 33 percent, and their offense was while it was a little bit slow it wasn't super fast it was clinical they knew when to how to build the alts in the time that they needed when to use them how to use them runaway just looking great there Okay, let's get into this. So, watch point Gibraltar. <laughs> O2 oh, Blaster attacking. They do pretty solidly. Um, you see, I think it was proper playing some good tracer play here. You had Merit on the other side on the Widowmaker, got some good picks. It was very back and forth, but eventually they were able to push it into the hangar phase. Then you've got... Who was it? Pelican on the Sombra has EMP ready to go. They round kind of the final corner underneath the ship towards the back of it now with the payload. The rest of O2 Blast are very spread out. You think that Pelican's about to hit the EMP, moves up a little bit, and then the timer expires and then the whole it just stops. Like, this was one of the most definitive C9s I think we've ever seen. It's probably about as bad as the original ones that we saw the first time with the actual Cloud9 team. Yeah. It was just like, they just did, there was no ultimate they were scared of. It, there was no real excuse other than proper had touch. EMP, or Pelican had EMP, he was looking to hit it, but he was also the one on point. I also think I got I can't remember if it works for payloads as well as I think you need to be not out of invis or you need to be visible in order to contest yes. or push the payload which I think was the other fact he was invisible and also kind of far from the payload so like either way he would have not yep. gotten it so that was just like, why is your Sombra the only one being able to push Payload 2? Was that like, there was just some, especially if they have EMP, there was some weird stuff there. But on the flip side, they also have four minutes that they were able to hold Runaway on their defense as well, including one of the most, like, this is from Finn, who I don't believe is even the flex support. I think he's the main support player for this team has a nano-boosted mag sprinting at him, jumps in, gets Finn to less than a bar of HP, so less than 25, probably about 20 HP, 
and then he gets the sleep on and sleeps Mag in Nano, completely separated from the rest of his team, and he's just useless. Yep. Such a huge play from him was really one of the, the like that fight. If he died, they would have lost the map. Yeah. The, and then the they would have gone down three one. Yep. Against Runaway, which that's demoralizing and, at that. Point. That's yeah, that's that is you were on this. match point for the next three maps that you play. And so that was just a one particular play that I think had so much greater value attached to it than just cool. I slept a, a monkey like neat. There was so much more to that, I think. Um, then moving into Lijang Tower. Proper on the Tracer. I think, like, though the rest of this team had huge moments, specifically um, Proper really popped off on, I think, a little bit of Hollywood. Um, but I think it's really the... Lijing Tower on the Tracer and then King's Row on the Ash that we really see him come alive. Um, oh, on um, Night Market, he is playing on the Echo, copies Mag, and just charges him while he has um, Earth Shatter up and completely negates what could have been a huge ult. But the next fight, Mag does come up, hit like one of the hugest, cleanest Earth Shatters we've ever seen wins the team fight anyways so he really just delayed the inevitable at that point but still it was a really smart um good play from him as well and then let's talk about proper on this attack i think this was supposed to be king's row that i was talking about anyway but let's just take a second to talk about proper on king's row you have a note here as well and then after you're done chatting about it i kind of have other things to say about it as well yeah i'm gonna do I'm going to do both sides. I'm going to do my runaway King row because they attacked first. And then I'm, we're going to jump over to okay. how O2 did this. So runaway, nothing spectacular here. They looked solid, you know, typical high level Kings row play, um, get down to third and it's a literal brawl to get the final point. Um, the last fight started, at 15 seconds left on the timer and didn't end until they had been in overtime for 45 seconds. So a minute straight of just pure brawling on the point, trying to push it in. And at moments, O2 Blast with their uh, close spawn advantage, the characters that they were playing, um, or uh, who was it? proper on the ash standing off in the corner just popping heads like going uncontested it was, yeah it was brought up by the casters like once proper dies this fight is over and that's exactly he very what much the anchor point he was keeping it alive and yep. they keeping it alive and they just kept defeating the the spawns that and came out runaway right was just this, never letting the kind of the the they never the, let the pressure switch no, ever. With the slow trickle of players coming in. Every time a player yeah. would come in, they would get a pick. And then it just kept going that way until they were able to build up two picks. And then they noticed Proper just standing off in the corner took him out, which then made it super easy to start pushing people off because they didn't have to play as conservative around the corner yeah. on the backside of the payload. Um, 
So it was a super brawly fight. Fun to watch. You know, Runaway takes it, and it's like, cool. Runaway got all the way in. That's awesome. And then O2 attacked. Yeah. And it was disgusting. They straight up bully Runaway. 100%. Beginning to end, they just didn't stop. Uh, just walked at him. Yeah. It was it was W key the whole map. Um, on their attack, took four minutes, 37 seconds uh, left on the time clock when they were done. It was one attack. One. Yeah. It never stopped. So, yeah, you had OT for Runaway, which means they finished it with zero seconds left. They got no attack. And then O2 finished with like four minute, 30 second time bake. They get a tick. That's all they had to do. There were two deaths on O2 side the whole attack. <laughs> and that's with the second attack for the, the overtime attack. Um, Neko dies literally as they're getting point B. Like, so it wasn't even a factor at that point. And then Finn literally dies as the point is taking point uh, C. So it was like, it was another one where the death did not matter at all. Cause at that point they had already won what they needed to win. Um, O2 clinical on yeah. this attack. Like, Again, we see some teams where they play great when they're able to hold angles, play really conservative, they let a dive or a rotation come in, and then they rotate around and start picking off. No, O2, like said, W key, aggression. You get in their face and make them play your style of Overwatch, and O2 just dominated this and one thing i really want to note here is proper so on the first attack i believe it was the rest of o2 blast go the right side counterclockwise around the statue on king's row first yep and then you see proper go left hit what is probably the most massive dynamite shot you can uh, ever see and then they all just fall over i think he gets everyone like half health if not more and then just gets a couple of picks and then literally the second time around almost the same thing he's got i think it was merit who was playing the ash on the defense for a runaway he's going through hotel same thing again um almost gets the kill but then as he's about to uh they're able to get the the 5v5 fight o2 blast get the first pick and then right after then he gets like a tnt kill and then you see Mer uh, he gets the TNT shot onto Merit, and you see him run down into the back to where the mega health pack is, and you see his health go doot 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 doot. And like I assume he's probably like five feet away from it, like sprinting there, like slowly burning to death, and then just falls right before he gets to the health pack. Is what I imagine happened. Very cinematic. A little bit, you but put like cinematics in there. Exactly. Um It'd be great if we got replay viewer because then I could actually do the oh my god do some music to it and slow mo it as he's running in there. That'd be great. Oh, um, the the contenders Korea finals trailer. That'd be the opening yeah. scene. That'd be great. I would do the the do 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 <laughs> as he's like slowly running and then just falls. Um, 
But then I think for like the rest of that whole attack, he was just nonstop getting just headshots, headshots, headshots. Um, and then as well, like getting dynamite and then just straight quick left clicking people out too. He was just unstoppable on this. And then one final note I have on this match mm. is I don't get a chance to listen to too much of Pixie and Avril. But, like, they went on a rant in between rounds about transatlantic accents. <laughs> and I was dying, dude. And at one point, they're also talking about something about a cybernetic cat or something. And some, like, with the Rick and Morty bit about the giving the cats, like, brains or, like, advanced, like, um, AI suits and stuff. And the at one point, moment. the line, where where are my dodecahedron, Summer? It's just the randomest, but like most hilarious in between match banter where like you could either just talk about how good the team that we just saw do good did, or they could kind of go on these random rants about like, listen, you know what's happening with these teams. Let's just kind of riff for 45 seconds. And I was, it was the one of the best things. Like I mentioned before that this duo is for sure OW already. 100% ready. And I think that, like, their amount of levity that they bring to these casts is so nice. They're like, the two of them are just very comfortable with each other and they just kind of can, can watch point go back Gibraltar and forth. banter after O2 C9s. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, that section ends. Avril asks Pixie what he thinks and he says, I can't say it on the broadcast. <laughs> it starts with an F. And then he proceeds to say one of my favorite lines I've ever heard in Contenders. He said, are you funning killing me? <laughs> and then from that moment on, every time he said it, a word that started with F, he goes, there's another F word. There's another F word. Brilliant. These two are great to listen to. Like, season four of the overwatch league 100 if pixie and yeah. avril are not on the main cast like i i would put pixie and avril probably second to uber x as my favorite casters i would love to see the two of them get the call up right now to i'm pretty sure wolf and achilles are in korea yeah, be the other half of korea cover the, the the asian games like you've got these two people casting i think what's like three or four games a night like split it up two and two you've got plenty of na casters right now like mm -hmm. these two really have earned especially after this particular match dude that was just like i knew they were good and they also did the entire pacific showdown by themselves last year and were incredible at that like they were literally they talked for like eight hours coast non-stop desk host and casting just the two of them the entire series it was like a whole weekend with like eight hours eight hours and they crushed it yep. so these guys have really put in the reps and it shows brilliant but kyle that's a show that is the show man episode 104 we gave away some cool prizes we got to watch you got to watch three. I got to watch two really <laughs> awesome map matches. Damn you contenders, YouTube. I just, like that's just going to be Let me in! just, just Let give me, me the in! video. I want to watch it. <laughs> I want to watch Kevsters 
last contender's performance because I know it's a thing of beauty. But, Kyle, where are you at on the internet? You can find me basically on Twitter at this point. Um, Kyle, the, Kyle the winner. I can't. I just got it. Oh, by the way, check out my new profile picture on Twitter. My wife's going to hate me for bringing it up because she doesn't like Dude, me. Or like doesn't like people calling out her, uh, her, her art talent. But like she painted me as a firebender because we just finished rewatching Avatar The Last Airbender. And it's like the coolest picture ever. And now it's on Discord. Now it's on Twitter. Um, yeah, dude. Shouts out to my wife for being an absolute incredible artist. When, so, when I looked at, at Discord, I'm like, who is that? I'm like, oh, that's Kyle. And then I saw your tweet and I'm like, yo, that's awesome. <laughs> like, that's so good. <laughs> but so, uh, it's exciting. Your wife's awesome. Hopefully we can get some more... Uh, some more music streams coming out of you here really soon because I hopefully I was literally talking about you at work today because there was a guy talking <laughs> about wanting to get into doing cooking streams and I'm like yo my co-host mm. he was making some music it started off with like just one drum tick and then the next thing I know it's like I'm walking through a dungeon and I'm getting chased by a <laughs> bunch of goblins it was sweet but uh so yeah some more of those I th- those are fun I like those. But you can find me over on Twitter at ThornRain. I do all of my streaming here when I do get to stream. Uh, Probably going to be doing some uh, Diablo 3 stuff here coming up with the new season happening here this weekend. Um, But other than that, if you are an audio listener, head over to Twitch. Hit that follow button. And if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber you have twitch prime we are affiliates so you can hit that subscribe button help out the show financially so we can do more of these cool giveaways and give out jerseys and gift cards and all those cool things uh because that's where the money goes like we give it back and we support tier two however we can but if you want to help out free give us a review itunes whatever your podcatcher is uh send us a screenshot we'll read it on the show and give you a shout out we do love those those are great uh you can find the show over on Twitter at Blackwatch Report. There's no one that report. Email the show, blackwatchreport at gmail.com, and follow the show right here on Twitch at twitch.tv slash blackwatchreport. We record live Tuesdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, and our intro music is an original piece by our own Mr. Kyle Wynn. This has been a High Noon production. You can find all of our shows over at highnoonpodcast.com and come and chat with all of the hosts from our shows on the Discord at discord.me slash highnoonpodcast. And with that... Blackwatch, out.